Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. I'm Lindsay Hooper. It was heartbreak for Ireland, who were out of the World Cup after losing to Canada, and joy for Spain and Japan, who into the next round, sending Zambia and Costa Rica home. Today, I've got our reporter Helen Hardy joining me from Sydney this time. Hello, Helen. Hey, how are you doing, guys? Very well. Thank you for joining us. And it's the Manchester United midfielder who's played at Atletico Madrid as well, Jade Moore. Hello, Jade. Hello, both. Thank you for having me again. You are always welcome back, Jade. We're loving the tactics last time. I'm afraid Serena Wiegmann didn't go with your recommendations for the last England lineup of having Daly uh, alongside Russo up front. But, you know, we'll, we'll get some more takes from you on that in the, in the due course over the next few days. We'll go into Ireland very shortly as well, Helen. You've been in the England camp today, haven't you? Um, what was it like? Yeah, it was really good energy. Uh, the setup, first of all, is absolutely beautiful. I mean, they've really, you know, worked wonders on on the site, making it lionesses through and through with all of the sort of red and white, white colouring everywhere, which is really, really nice. We spoke to Alex Greenwood, who's feeling really confident. I think it was really interesting talking a lot about not looking back. And they weren't just referencing the Haiti game, we were referencing the Euros too. They're not looking back, they're looking forward, they're thinking only about... Denmark and the next fixture that's coming up but we also had a bit of a laugh we talked about what they're doing in camp uh, they're doing uh, a lot of drawing apparently and they've got virtual reality machines that they're all playing with uh, it all sounds very fun a lot more exciting than my my last few days in Sydney I was like I want to be part of the England team you get to play with all these fun things a lot of ping pong going on a lot of table mm. tennis and then we chatted a little bit about penalties and extra added time as well um, and how the players feel about it. This has been a World Cup with nine minutes out of time for England, a lot of penalties um, being given. And Alex Greenwood just said, we're just focusing on getting it right. We're just focusing on the minutiae. We're just making sure that we don't give away penalties and that we're focused on getting it right. So a lot of focus from the from the England international and looking forward to the Denmark game. I'm really pleased that you said that they're drawing in the England camp. This is ahead of the game against Denmark on Friday. Jade, I don't know whether you remember when I was out with you guys in France, I got you drawing each other. Do you remember that exercise? I do. Um, Drawing actually has come in since then, I think. They used to bring big, um, you know, like almost paint by numbers, sort of, but huge ones. And I think that's been something that's been like a really nice mindful task for the players to do where they can just switch off and, and just, you know, downtime and put your, put your energy into something else. And I think from that tournament, that's been something that's uh, stayed ever since. We are all for endorsing mindfulness. <laughs> I was going to say, have you ever left camp and carried on with any of your England camp mindfulness tasks? I haven't, no, but I actually do like drawing and I do like painting, you know, the painting by number sort of thing. You know, the mindfulness books that they have where you colour them in and they're really fine detailed. I do have some of them, but I've, I, don't, I don't have time to do that, unfortunately. <laughs> Jade, some of my nieces now, they, they do it with jewels instead of colouring in, they do it with jewels. I think oh, it's wow. aimed at nine, ten-year-olds, but, you know, 
you could still have a try. <laughs> Absolutely. There's nothing stopping you. You spoke about Alex Greenwood, Helen, and you spoke to her. And thankfully, you can share some audio that you got from your conversation. Uh, she was telling you about what she's been up to in her spare time. It might have included jewels and colouring in uh, and whether she's worried about England having no goals from open play in four matches. I'm actually loving colouring in at the moment. I found me in a childhood, Alex, again. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying that. Obviously, coffees, walks, it's been my go-to at the moment. I mean, for me, no, I see the girls every day in training, so um, it's not a concern for me. I think the games that you've just said have come in a, a small space of time, and I think we've proved in the past that we can score goals. We've got players all over the pitch who can score goals and are dangerous in in different moments. I think in football you go through little spells where you might not score as many goals as you'd like, but the chances are created and I think that's the most important thing. Would you agree with that, Jade? You shouldn't really worry about not having this goal from open play for four games. I think it'll be something that's probably playing in the back of their mind. Obviously, they've got to come out and and be a united front of saying we're not scared about that. It's not something that we're worried about. But it will be something that I think will be starting to play in their mind. I think it'll just need one goal from open play to settle those nerves with it. But I do think, you know, moving through this tournament, if that still is a, a common theme, then it will start to be a problem. But right now they're creating enough chances. They've just got to execute them. And that's as simple as it is. I love to know about the music. I've I've actually blogged for a long time about, you won't know this, Jade, because you'll have been too focused on the matches. But every time you guys come in and you've got either the beatbox going or I can hear in the dressing room, I've always reported on the blog, you know, what music you're playing. And Helen has got inside intel on what's being played on the bus on the way to the stadiums. What's the song of the tournament? Oh, I can't remember. Valerie. Oh, that was like um, a quiz round there. I was like, who can answer the It quickest? is after midnight where you are, so we'll forgive you. <laughs> it's Valerie. I thought real curveball there, but the song of the Euros was Tina Turner, wasn't it? From memory. Well, yeah, so and they obviously Caroline. But let's hope yeah. it's not that anymore. I've had enough of that. <laughs> they love the classics. And so, yeah, apparently they've been... Um, They've been listening to Valerie. That's been their like their come together song, which I, which I quite like. Well, maybe everyone listening has got some suggestions for the lionesses, which we can relay via you to the new DJ. Now that Leah Williamson isn't in camp, uh, they can get in touch with any suggestions. If you've got some music suggestions to get everyone hyped before games, uh, use the hashtag OffsideWC and the handle is at OffsideRulePod. Uh, please don't forget as well to rate, follow, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. It does help others find us. And of course, spread the word yourselves. If you're enjoying the show, let your friends know. Uh, Let's start with Ireland's game against Olympic champions Canada then. You wouldn't want to get to your seat or screen late for this next one. Four minutes in, Katie McCabe curled the ball into the net straight from a corner kick. But an own goal from Megan Connolly and an Adriana Leon strike gave Canada a 2-1 win and sent Ireland home. Ruby Malone joins us from outside the Perth Rectangular Stadium. I love that it's called the Rectangular Stadium. Anything that acknowledges the shape. Um, But I won't get too focused on that, Ruby. Um, How are you feeling about things? Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it was a tough one to take for the Ireland, uh, for the, the team and, and the fans. It was incredible. The first half was absolutely amazing. We were much the better team. I thought um, Lucy Quinn coming in on that right-hand side did really, really well. 
and also um, O'Gorman, Anya O'Gorman coming in, considering it was last minute, she was kind of in for pain. We were first on all the loose balls. We were pressing, really, they were really attacking. It was it was brilliant. And then that goal from, from Katie McCabe, who else to do it? I'm sure even people who don't watch Ireland, but watch Arsenal and the WSL will know that Katie has that in her locker. And then, you know what, even from the 35th minute, they still had control, but I thought... I could feel I just it's it's that typical thing of Ireland where in those last 10 minutes before the end of the first half, they tend to get a bit nervy. And it didn't. In fairness, I was watching thinking they weren't. But and it wasn't even a mistake or anything. It was just so unfortunate that goal going in just before halftime. And then I think when they came out with with Canada scoring so early on in that second half, it really then you saw the slightly frantic Ireland. Um, they were kind of trying to get the ball up really quickly. They weren't taking their time on the ball enough. I think the three changes made a massive difference to the energy. I actually thought mm-hmm. uh, Rusha was doing really well, but um, I thought the the changes and Shiva was just brilliant. She really, I thought I was really happy for her after what happened against Australia. Well, you did get to celebrate Ireland's first ever World Cup goal and you can never take that away, Ruby. You were there. And we had some interjections actually on our WhatsApp group. Helen, what was it you were saying about that goal? Well, the Olympico was a vote that we had when we first arrived in Australia. We were with a load of Aussies and we were doing ridiculous guesses of what was going to happen in the tournament. And somebody said, right, who wants to bet there's going to be an Olympico goal? And everyone was like, nah, it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. And of course... Katie McCabe scores directly from a corner kick. I mean, it was such a beautiful moment. I was delighted for all you Ireland fans. You fully deserve to have that moment. What a goal. Mm, and there have been signs, Jade, as we've seen in WSL, Ruby mentioned for Arsenal, but she's she's scored these before. Viv Miedema called it a wee banger on Twitter. And and I love that because she seems to have picked up English from a Scot. So she, she has Scottish in her <laughs> tweets quite often. But yeah, I mean, it's not something that we should be too surprised about, I don't think. No, she's done it before. It was an unbelievable goal. I actually think it was planned. I think when you've got an aerial threat like Louise Quinn in the box... As a goalkeeper, you're wanting to start to edge out because you're thinking that's where the ball's going to go go to. So I think what they've done is they've loaded up round the back stick a little bit higher up in the box to obviously entice the goalkeeper to come out. And then obviously with Katie McCabe's uh, technical ability to do that, which we've all seen before, she's swung it in and scored. So absolute credit to them getting their homework right, if that's what they employed to do. And, you know, obviously set an unbelievable 45 minutes up for the spectators to watch because I thoroughly enjoyed that first 45 minutes of football. How do you think everyone back in Ireland, Ruby, is going to react to this? Because Ireland have gone toe-to-toe with two of the top nations and two of the top-ranked ones as well. And then you look at that group, it was always going to be so difficult. Yeah, I think the... the fans everyone in Ireland is just going to be so proud so incredibly proud I heard a lot of people and I saw actually I just had a quick look on Twitter on my way back out of the stadium people saying tenacious and that is literally that's Ireland through and through so they literally represented what the Irish you know the what Irish people feel they are um, on the big stage and I know everyone will just be insanely proud of them Jay, did you feel when they conceded that first goal, the equaliser, at the very end of the first half, did you think, oh, that's going to be a, a real uphill battle now? Yeah, a little bit like what Ruby was saying, those last 10 minutes of big games uh, when it starts to get a little bit nervy. One of the things I wrote down for Ireland was game management. 
And that is where, obviously, unfortunately, that the momentum slipped out of their hands. And when a team scores so early on at half towards the half time, the team that scores usually are the ones that come out with the momentum in the second half. And unfortunately for Ireland, that's exactly what happened and they couldn't claw it back. What do you think Canada did well to, to turn this around, Helen? I think Bev Priestman has built a Canada side that are really, really defensive. Uh, they, they won the Olympics. I don't think they would deny this. They won the Olympics on not conceding. <laughs> that was that was the re- the reality of their Olympic gold win. And, and Bev Priestman's a very defensive manager. And so the fact that Ireland scored the, the opener, I think, would have been a bit of a shock for, for that Canada side because they are really resilient at the back. But... And um, what we saw was the ball moving a lot faster in the second half. They came out the traps really, really quickly. And I think they took Ireland by surprise. And I also think there was such a massive difference in the way they performed from the first half to the second half. I don't think Ireland were quite ready for it. I think they were expecting to see the same team that they'd seen in the first 45. And, and Canada came out of the traps really, really fast. So I think the big thing for Canada, the positives that they'll be taking away is is that they do struggle to to score goals and they not only came from behind, they went on to to win it in, in the 90 minutes. And I think that that's, that's, a, that's a massive step for, for Canada, a team that have struggled in the past to, to get goals and get them fast. And Ruby, they did have Jessie Fleming back in the side for this one. Watching up close, did you feel that, that she affected things? Yeah, definitely in that second half. Uh, she really did. She was really kind of threading balls through and just really controlling that that center, the midfield. And and yeah, it was um it was quite amazing to see. And then the difference between how Canada played in that second half is is was really noticeable. And definitely Jesse Fleming was one of the ones kind of leading that charge and and making that difference. And we haven't forgotten either, Ruby, that you'd earmark set pieces before the game as something key for us to look out for. Anyone who goes on to FIFA, there's some some interviews on there. I saw one with Bev Priestman, the Canada coach, and obviously, Jade, you'll know her really well. And it's interesting. I love it when it's so honest and open and you get to know a little bit about them and their philosophy. She talked about bringing people together and making them feel valued. And she said that the starting lineup keeps her up at night from the second that the match finishes, she starts thinking of the next starting eleven. What What do you think, Jade, about her as a coach, and does that ring true? Yeah, when I my time with Bev, she did. She used to um, she used to do the uh, defensive work uh, at England. Obviously, when he, she worked under Phil Neville, he used to do a lot of the uh, in possession attacking stuff, and she would work the the out of possession stuff. So I think, obviously, given what Helen's just said about what their um, the Canadian team like foundations look like is being hard to beat. And I think that is something that Bev obviously brought into the England side and then has gone on to then go and deliver it herself and execute it perfectly to obviously come away with a, a gold medal in the Olympics. But that doesn't surprise me that it keeps her up at night. I think obviously being humble like she is, you know that you're having to pick the team and that that actually is the job of a manager. So if you don't get your tactics right and you don't get your the players, you know, spot on for that formation, then that is it ultimately relies on you and on your head. What I did like about Bev today, she brought on them three substitutes at halftime. She realised it wasn't working and she changed it. And I think them three players that came on at halftime, 500 caps between all three of them, loads of experience, went on and changed that game for me. And then that's ultimately what they've got them, got them through. So credit to Bev and her team for obviously 
using their experiences and then absolutely going and delivering it. Bev having sleepless nights is making me feel less sympathy for Helen now. I could do with a few winks. (laughs) You could. Uh, It's not just Ireland that was sent home on Wednesday. Uh, Zambia were knocked out by Spain too and we've got more on that one next. Hi, I'm Esme Morgan and you're listening to The Offside Rule with Sky Sports. Spain scored five against Zambia, including two for Jenny Hermoso, who scored her 50th goal on her 100th appearance. Talk about landmarks. I like it when things are nice and neat like that. Um, Just to explain that Jade is going to go into detail on analysis for this game um, and we'll get Helen involved with Japan, Costa Rica. Anyway, we'll go into this one, Jade, with you. And the headline news before kickoff was that Pateas, Alexia Pateas, was starting. Hermoso started as well really talented pair here who were missing for the Euros and I think you can tell exactly what they'd been missing in this performance. What sort of difference did you think they made? Yeah, they did make a massive difference. Both of them are super experienced. I played against both of them when I was out in Spain. They've got a wealth of experience. They play together at club and at international. I think that showed today. Um, It's obviously both of them missed out last year on the Euros, which I think would have potentially given them the extra edge last year. And that's probably what this team are hoping for now with those two players back in the starting eleven going on and obviously hoping to use their experience to win a game in the knockout tournament. I think obviously with Mateus's injury history and where she's coming back with her rehab at the minute, they're building her load. Only 45 minutes played today, but she had a really impactful 45 minutes, obviously assisted with Hermoso on the end of the goal. Um, So I think their link-up play was obviously super important. And then Hermoso getting a full 90, 100 appearances and a 50th goal with that. They'll make an an extra special game for her today. And for you, is this Spain's strongest starting eleven, the one we saw today? Yes, with the squad that they have right now, it is. Abelera's goal. um, I love goals that make me go, oof. I actually made that noise. I really did when I saw this. Um, So did I. It was such a nice strike, did you? I'm glad that (laughs) you make noises as well. It, it was a really good goal to start things off. Was she given too much space, though, on reflection, even though I got well excited? Yes, but the, the link-up play that happened down that left-hand side for Spain, and then they used their outlet of passing the ball backwards to hope that then, you know, we can suck a, a Zambia player out. But because they give her more space, she finally had a nice touch, a really good setup touch, which allowed her to shoot. And for me, that's what Spain don't do enough. That's what happens when you shoot from distance. And the, and the setup touch for her allowed her to shoot. She hit it with some venom, no back lift, flew in the top corner, keeper had no chance. Great strike. Jenny Hermoso wasn't the only player to get two goals in this one either. Alba Redondo did as well. And she's only the second Spanish player to score more than one goal at a World Cup, along with Hermoso in this match. I mean, what, what did you make of her performance overall? Is she a player for you that just gets better and better? Yeah, I think she grew into the game. Spain had a sloppy second half uh, before they got that goal. And I think that is probably something that Spain need to tidy up on because they start the game really well and then come out a second half and they sometimes think that the game's already won. But what they need to do is they need to go out with the same intent that they they start the game with. And I think there was really sloppy in the first first parts of the second half. And until they pushed on for that third goal, it was almost like they relit the, the spark again. And for her, I think she was pushing. She wanted a hat-trick, which was great to see. And another player that's hopefully trying to to push the strikers in that team 
for, you know, they could get a golden boot right now with that Spanish lineup. Yeah, they really could. They have to be considered, I think, and not many people were talking about them for that. In order to do that, Jade, though, they need to go quite deep into the into the competition. And do you think when they come up against fiercer opposition, there are some areas that, that people can target? Yes, I think obviously with this Spanish side at the minute, the way that they come out in the second half is is going to be something that teams try and exploit. I think, you know, they don't kill games off enough, in my opinion. They they get two goals and they sit, sit back and, you know, try and play that nice possession football rather than having that ruthless side to them and going and getting that third goal. In football, the third goal is the most important. At 2-0, that scoreline's tight. The opposition get one back, that's a 2-1 game. The swing happens, momentum changes a little bit like the Ireland-Canada game today. Everything changes. So for Spain, they really need to start pushing on and being more ruthless of, of scoring more goals when they're up in momentum. But right now, for people that are looking at them, they're going to know that there's frailties and they're vulnerable, especially on a counter-attack. And I think that's something that obviously they're going to have to tighten up against against a, a very strong Japan side. I never expected Zambia to get out of this group. What I did expect, though, Jade, was a goal for Barbara Banda. We didn't get one. And I feel like that will leave fans, not just from Zambia, but around the world who've known about her scoring prowess. It will leave us a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I think obviously this game showed Zambia in a little bit of a different light. They had a lot more purpose to their play. They they give themselves a much better you know, face to go in, to leave the tournament with their heads held high. Um, yes, they, they took lessons from the first game, I think, which again was promising. They learned from what, what they didn't do so well in the first game and made sure that they adjusted that and made changes. They drove with the ball. They they actually had shots on target this game. So for them, it was progress, but unfortunately, it wasn't enough for them. Yeah, progress and alongside Kundananji, they they did look good at times. It's a shame they didn't manage to get a goal. And also a quick mention as well for Eunice Sakala, who was third choice goalkeeper for Zambia. She started between the sticks today. Uh, the first choice goalkeeper had an ACL uh, before the World Cup. Uh, second choice got two yellow cards in the opening match. So in came Sakala and she had moments where she did really well. Yeah, she had a great game. I think it's a fantastic story as well. It epitomises why you have a squad in, in tournaments like this. I think they had 13 shots on target and obviously only conceded five. So you can show how how important she was between the sticks for today. I think obviously credit to her and herself for stepping in and delivering that performance. But right now in this tournament, the goalkeepers are really shining. Well, you can get looking at your tactics board for the next match. You've got one right by you, haven't you, Jade? I do. She had, she has a literal tactics board. We spoke about it last time. There it is. It's even got that grass verge around the side, which um, which I'm very much liking. Um, so we'll leave you to look at that and work out what's going to happen uh, tomorrow whilst we bring Helen in because on to Group C and the other team going through to the round of 16 are Japan. This is Tash Dowie. Join us for the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. In the space of three minutes, Japan made it out of the group stages with two goals against Costa Rica in Dunedin. Hikaru Neomoto and Auber Fujino ensured that Costa Rica are sent home from this one. Wow, Japan, Helen, I feel like there's another gear that they can hit. Are you having that same feeling, even though they're, they're strolling at the moment? Do you know what? I absolutely love game week two of a World Cup tournament or of a major tournament because it's like make or break for for teams, but it also is where you see teams that have played well start to really step it up. I think it's worth reiterating like Costa Rica 
are not an easy side. They won six out of seven of their qualifying games. And they're also a nation that are really sort of implementing a system in women's football where the players earn equal salaries to the men's Costa Rican team. And they also hosted the Under-20 World Cup. They're really taking women's football very seriously. And so this is a nation that is really built in the women's world very, very quickly. And they're very difficult to break down. And what I loved about Japan is this three at the back, two wide players, cutting the ball inside, switching play. The versatility and the agility of this Japan side is so difficult to monitor as an opposition. And it was like they just sliced through them so easily in that first half. It was it was so enjoyable. I'm really gutted for anyone in Britain because it was 11 a.m. kickoff for me over here in Sydney. So I think it was middle of the night. And it's such a shame because it was such a beautiful performance by by a Japan side, which I can see going really far in this tournament. I've got a 6am alarm for that one, but it it was fine. I got up and just started watching it straight away, but it was an early start time. Um, you had to be pretty dedicated, I think, to get up for that one. <laughs> but let's talk about some observations from this and bear with me as I go through one of, one of my own. But I live in the countryside and outside of my windows, I can see bird formations sometimes. And you know, when they flock from side to side and you can see them all together. And then watching Japan, you can see their formation keeping shape throughout the 90 minutes. It's just beautiful to watch. And I I wanted to mention that because that's something that I love about this Japan side. And then you had that really tight angled finished from Fujino. I mean, how she managed to find a way to score with that one, I don't know. But those are a couple of takeaways. How about for you? Yeah, it felt like Japan of 2011, 2015, where, you know, you were watching this side that were the way that they won games was by being really ruthless and super, super organized. And that's the, the the Japan side. I mean, there's one moment where Shimizu takes the ball out wide and when they're in possession, the team are, are get, get incredibly wide. And what it does is it allows the two central attacking midfielders to create loads and loads of space in the middle of the pitch, which is obviously super dangerous. And the ball gets cut inside and I'm thinking, oh, she's going to have a swing at it. And then she goes wide again to the other side, to the left-hand side. And I thought... It's it's really brilliant because I think instinctually they're really, really difficult to work against because they're con- they're constantly versatile with their play. They're constantly switching things up and doing it differently. So as an opposition, for instance, if we look at England and in the Haiti game, a lot of balls just being thrown into the box from wide areas. Japan aren't doing that. Japan are taking the ball, they're shooting from distance, they're shooting from close, they're taking the ball out wide, they're cutting inside. There's so much versatility to what they're doing and I'm so excited for the final game of this group. I mean, it's going to be a cracker as Jade's obviously just touched on. That's probably going to be one of the games of of the tournament so far, that that final group stage game between Mm. Japan and Spain. I cannot wait for that one. I was gutted as well in this because Endo didn't even play, having played brilliantly in the first match. And I'd gone and picked Endo for my one to watch. We'll come on to those later and the latest scores. A word on Costa Rica. They did keep it to 2-0. Do you think that they'll go away and be able to go back to their federation and ask for more off the back of their performances here? You know what? I think that this is a growth phase for Costa Rica. And I think they're already in a position where they're seeing that change happen within the federation and they're seeing that, that support start to take place. So, and you'd hope that long may that continue. They're at a World Cup tournament at the end of the day. Not many nations can say that they've done that. And they did themselves proud, I think, today against, you know, a team that have won the World Cup, a team that, you know, nobody should, um, should go up against and, and think they're going to, they're going to walk by Japan are a very, very good side and 2-0 is, is not an embarrassing scoreline. So Costa Rica, one more game to go. And, and I think they'll be walking away very, very proud. 
You will have heard Helen as well reflecting on the Japan of yesteryear, the very successful Japan, one of the sides that actually won the World Cup. But at their home Olympics in Tokyo, they only got as far as the quarterfinals. They have got a new manager now in Fotoshi Akida. And now we're seeing, aren't we, this attacking possession-based football. It is going to be an ultimate matchup uh, between Spain and Japan. Those are all of today's matches covered then. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Was there anyone that stood out, any performances in particular or players that we should be looking out for, you can use the hashtag OffsideWC and the handle at OffsideRulePod. And remember as well to rate, follow and subscribe. Keep up to date with everything going on at the Women's World Cup in Australia by using the free Sky Sports app. You'll find news, interviews, live match coverage, analysis and much more. You don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Go to your app store, download it and away you go. And after the World Cup, it's the best app for WSL coverage and so much more, including F1, the Premier League, world-class boxing, international cricket and more. Remember, you don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Just search for Sky Sports in your app store. I mentioned it just there. Uh, time now for our ones to watch game. You can probably tell already that I want to skip through this as quickly as possible. Uh, here's producer <laughs> Sophie with the rules. This is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports, ones to watch. The game where you predict tomorrow's top player. So pick a player and let's get started. You'll get two points for a goal, it's one point for an assist, and one point for a clean sheet if you're a defender. And if you pick a goalkeeper, it's two points for a clean sheet and three points for a penalty save. Oh, and minus one for a red card. We're going to be keeping tallies throughout the tournament. There'll be a pundits team, a producers team and, of course, a listeners team. So keep your scores at home and let us know how you're getting on. Let's play. It was pretty unanimous, um, the choice, Mina Tanaka. I would have gone with Tanaka as well, but I just, I don't know what it is with me, Helen and Jade, but I've got that contrarian me and I want to be different and I shouldn't have done because Tanaka got two assists for Japan and the scores now are uh, producers on 10 points. Kate has got eight. I'm never going to hear the end of it. Yeah, me picking endo meant that I didn't get any. I'm on five. And the pundits are close behind Jade on four. And there was a call to arms. I don't know if you heard it yesterday from Tash Dowie. She was like, Jade, we need you to step up. We need you to get some points on the board. Yeah, I heard it loud and clear. <laughs> Well, on Thursday, let's remind you of what the, the matches are. It's a replay of the 2019 World Cup final. Defending champions USA are playing the Netherlands. That's going to be a tough one to choose. We've started to see games as well where both sides are scoring. We haven't had many of those. That could be another. Then Portugal face Vietnam and co-host Australia take on Nigeria. So who are your ones to watch? Helen, you're playing for Kate in this round. I'm going to bring you in. Who are you going for? Do you know what I love about this? I've got no pressure. I can just say what I want and it really means nothing. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Ashwala for this one. I have a player I massively rate and I think could grab a goal. So I'm, I'm going to throw Ashwala in there. Really tough one in the, the opening fixture, but why not? And I, I just didn't, I wanted to pivot USA Netherlands because who knows what's going to happen in that one. 
I think most of us are going to be avoiding that one. And I'm going to come in next in case anyone says my player and then I decide to suddenly change. So I'm going to go next. Um, Ana Borges. I'm going to go for Ana Borges from Portugal. I'm thinking I'll get a defensive point for the clean sheet, hopefully. But she's also got that ability to assist and score goals. So I'm going to go with her. Sophie's going with Jessica Silva, another Portuguese player, hoping that she'll be getting quite a few goals against Vietnam. How about you, Jade, then? This is for you and Tash at the moment and all the pundits and Jilly. I've pivoted as well as well, away from the um, America-Netherlands game and I've gone Jessica Silva, hoping that there's going to be a few goals and I'm hoping that, and praying, should I say, for the rest of the pundits, that Jessica Silva's on the end of some. Sounds like a good choice to me, but who knows? I mean, every time I go in, I think, oh, yeah, I've got some really good ones and then they don't get anything. So I'm not going to say too much. If you are playing along at home, a reminder that there are some big players missing from Thursday's action. Australia's Mary Fowler and Avi Lewick are unavailable because of concussions. The Netherlands' Lynette Bernstein is out against the US due to an ankle injury. And you loved her so much, Helen. I'm so sad. She's such a good game. Oh, well, hopefully she'll recover soon and we'll all recover in the ones to watch game, those of us that are are trailing. Thanks very much to Helen Hardy for being with us. Helen, thank you. Thank you for having me. See you soon. Jade, how's that tactics board looking for the next time you're on? Have you started moving those little pieces around already? Not yet, but it's looking good. (laughs) Good. I will leave that one with you. Thank you very much for today. Thank you, guys. Don't forget, you can rate, follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Share your thoughts as well with us on social media. You can use the hashtag OffsideWC and the handle on most social media channels is at OffsideRulePod. Uh, this has been the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. Goodbye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.